Welcome back to the program, hour number three of the Bill Michael Show. Looking forward to after the program today. Going to go fill up over a quick trip and uh, make the jaunt out to our uh, parent company out in Madison today for some meetings. So today is the uh, quick trip dinner. Either one of the take-home meals or uh, just grabbing a couple of those uh, terrific cheeseburgers and uh, the sweet tea and uh, doing it as I drive. Quick Trip is the best. I love Quick Trip, but I got to fill up too. So I'm uh, going to head out for a Quick Trip today. Always, whenever you're stopping into Quick Trip, use that Quick Rewards card. Do like I do. Every now and then, maybe I'll go to the uh, maybe I'll go to the counter today and say, "Hey, one of those cheeseburgers is free." Oh God, I can't wait. Can't wait. Good stuff from our friends over there at Quick Trip. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. For those of you that want to chime in, let's get back to the phone calls. Market Plunger joining us on the program. How you doing today, man? What's going on? Doing well, doing well. Um, I did not know that Lamar Jackson and, and his mother are his own agents. Um, yes. He, he better be careful. He's going to be looking at not just a not 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 coming back with the Ravens, but but uh, other teams not going to want to deal with him and, and get a really bad contract. The uh, you know that I'm all for people being their own agent, but when when you are in kind of a fight with the team you are negotiating, you're doing yourself a disservice, letting your bias come into play. And I'm, I'm sure that's, that's probably uh, hurting them right now. You know, if you're mad at somebody and you want to negotiate, that's not, it's better to have a neutral party do it. Um, yeah. That's going to be interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, the, the Roger, let's see with Rogers, the, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he was going to come back. Or, I mean, I think even if he would have said yes, I, I think financially they looked at it and said it's time to go. Um, you know, I, I, I always hear the – I don't know if he's 100% in, but as far as I know with Rodgers, he's either all in or he's not in at all. There is no halfway. Um, well, I think what they're looking for is not necessarily all in. I mean, during the season, yeah. I mean, he wants to win. He wants to work hard. He wants to to, to hopefully bring home a championship. But I think when they talk about all in, will you be at the uh, OTAs? Will you be at the mini camps? Like right, right now, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Aaron Jones, a bunch of them are going out to a quarterback camp to work out with to with Jordan Love. Now, they've seen Jordan Love for the last three, four years. They know what yeah. he's all about. But they yeah. want to continue to work with him because they want to get all in sync and really kind of work together at growing a relationship. That's not something Aaron Rodgers was willing to do. So, to no, me, he, that's the difference you know, between all in. You know the answer to the OTA question. He ain't going. <laughs> right. So, yeah, but I, I don't think there was, you know, I, I, I think last year they really thought they had a chance. They, You know, obviously they should have traded him last year if they were going to do it, but but I think they really thought they had a chance. And this year, looking at what they had, they just, you know, I, I don't think they wanted to play around with the joy. We, we wasted a first round pick on this guy, and now he's just going to walk away from us. I, uh, you know, I, right. I, I don't think they wanted to do that. And, and uh, rightly so. That's not something you, that's very wise to do if you're going to go ahead and draft somebody and all of a sudden just let him go. I mean, that's right. <laughs> foolish. So I, no, I don't I, think. I understand that. Yeah, if they would have won a Super Bowl, even I think they would have said, I, you know, we're moving on. Hard not. To. If they won a, if they won a, would have won a Super Bowl, I think Rogers retires, and it's an easy 100%. answer. Yeah, he would have been gone. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that at all. Appreciate the phone call, Market. Uh, there you go, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. I think it's a whole, if they would have won a Super Bowl, it's a whole different conversation. Because Rodgers has always wanted to go out with the Lombardi Trophy in his hand, held high, 
and just like John Elway did. I, he's referenced it a couple of times in his career. And to go out like that, that would have been this past season would have been the ultimate. No doubt about it. The fact that the season not only did they did they not hoist a Lombardi trophy, they didn't even make the postseason. And the whole season, um, and because of the thumb injury, I guess we can even say that was due in part. Now, you know, people will point to the Cowboys game and he was on fire. He dissected whether it was motivation, whatever you want to call it, he dissected the Cowboys. So was the thumb bad then, or was it not bad then, or was it feeling better? Did it did he get get it shot up then? I mean, I I don't know. Maybe one day he'll he'll explain. But on one hand, you can say the thumb bothered him. On the other hand, you can say, well, in that game it didn't. Was it every other game that he didn't play well, or was it the fact that guys got open? He trusted guys. He didn't trust guys. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what clicked in that game, as opposed to others. Was it the motivation of beating Mike McCarthy? You know, at home, even though he said, you know, what a great uh, to to show the love and all. We keep hearing the word love over and over again for Mike McCarthy. Yet, uh, you know, there's a lot of rumors and innuendos about Rogers commitment to McCarthy versus the commitment to the team versus the commitment to himself when McCarthy's days were numbered. So, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I don't even venture a guess at all of that. But. A motivated Rodgers is a hell of a player, but I don't, I don't know what made him good in that game and didn't make him good in others, and I, I couldn't tell you. I don't, I don't have that that crystal ball sitting in front of me that was able to tell you. Travis says, "Great show today. I feel it's very important to get the Jets' first round pick with Dalton Schultz signing with the Texans and Tanyan gone to the Bears. The Packers need to spend a top pick on a tight end and the second first round pick." is key. I believe that they should take a tight end and a wide receiver with the first couple of picks, but it's uh, it's the pack, and they won't. We know it. Um, I want the Packers to take the best available player. And I know that's easy to say, okay? And I know that may not be popular. But when we were talking earlier about, like, Jalen Carter and about where he would fall, you know, now, as, uh, you know, Ben was telling me, and, and I mentioned, but, you know, if he would have went to jail, he's not going to jail. He he went down, surrendered. They're going to work out all these legal, you know, issues. But now it's whether or not a team will take him. There is rumors that the Lions like him and may go get him. Can you imagine? Just think about that for a minute. Let's, let's pause here for a second. Can you imagine being Jordan Love? And in the division, you're going to face the Detroit Lions. And if the Detroit Lions, who last year, remember, they took Aiden Hutchinson, who played pretty well. And if you put another big body on that defensive front and you take Jalen Carter and you mix him in with McNeil and and that group and Aiden Hutchinson, can you imagine how much better their defense will be. And in addition to that, the fact that uh, they picked up Emmanuel Mosley, uh, they picked up, uh, who else was the other, the strong safety they picked up from Philadelphia, Ben? C.J. Garner-Johnson. That Garner-Johnson. You're right. They, they picked him up. As I say, they've, with enthusiasm. Right. They've fortified or at least strengthened their secondary, which was one of the weaknesses. Can you imagine if they get Jalen Carter too? That defense goes from giving it up to, being dominant 
you would assume. Be like, wow. That would be, uh, that would be fortified. They have DeAndre Swift. They did lose Jamal Williams, but they have DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery. David Montgomery from Chicago, DeAndre Swift, who they chose uh, in the uh, second round a couple of years ago. So they they would be, again, with Dan Campbell, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, and Aaron Glenn would have some more guys to work with on that defense. Boy, does Detroit just very quietly just keep climbing, keep grinding, and get themselves to the top spot in the NFC, or in the uh, NFC North? Oof. So, because I, I was hoping that because of the legal issues, Jalen Carter would fall. And you could take then Jalen Carter, if you get the Jets' 13th pick, take Jalen Carter. He would be the best available player, hands down, if he would still be around. And then at 15, you can take, you know, whomever. You can take a wide receiver. You can take a tight end, uh, whatever. You, you can fortify. I, I, I love Njigba. And I really believe he'll be there. I know a lot of people are high on Michael Meyer, the tight end of Notre Dame. Uh, but then you can also go in the direction of, say, pick up uh, a starting tackle. Darnell Wright, the big offensive tackle out of Tennessee, is a guy that people will believe uh, people believe will be there. There's Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah, that'll be there. There's uh, well, who's the other wide receiver um, that's uh, going to be there right around twenty? Uh, Zay Flowers. The wide receiver out of Boston College, they believe will be there as well. So there's there's going to be some some players that are there that the Packers are going to have a choice to take. You just got to say a novena, man, and a couple of prayers and Hail Marys that they choose the right guys that come in and, and especially if they end up with, like I said, the two first-round picks. Uh, there And at that point in time, Broderick Jones, another Georgia connection, big offensive tackle. They could go in that direction. They could go in that direction. So, I you know, there's there's plenty there. It depends on what you want to fortify. I would love to see them get Jalen Carter to see him fall and have the Packers get Jalen Carter defensively and then get Njigba on the offense. Because your offensive line, short of depth, is kind of set. So it's not imperative to get a tackle. If it's the best available, it's the best available. But it's not imperative. But I'd love to see them fortify two big-time positions, help their defense, help their offense with those two picks. I, I think that would be fantastic. I really do. 877-867-1670. Um, go ahead, Ben. It's also, I mean, let's be honest. I, someone, so like Carter's concerns have to do with the fact that there's the incident when um, two people died in the racing, and then he's also mm-hmm. been pulled over other times for going like 90 and 30 mile an hour, 40 mile an hour zones. It's that I would say, generally speaking, being in green Bay would be better than going to somewhere like Vegas. Right. Oh yeah. Kind of like we saw with rugs. So they are in a unique situation. I believe that if like, if that is the issue, that is the red flag aside from the fact that he showed up 15 pounds overweight to his pro day, which is another whole issue. Um, right, but I think the Packers would be better equipped to say deal with it, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, that I would agree with. If and again, this is this could be a guy, uh, and I hate to make this comparison, but when Cletus Hunt came into the Packers organization, he was early on in his career tenacious. 
He just was. He got after it, and he earned his contract. And then the minute he got his contract, you knew it was done. You knew it was over. He was never going to work a day in his life again. He was just going to keep playing it out, getting paid, until they cut him loose. He just was. Because he came, that, I'll never forget, that year he showed up, he had a Hummer, he had, like, diamond-encrusted spinners on his Hummer, he had diamonds embedded in his teeth. I mean, just, like, extravagant crazy, like goofy, you know. And he, I, I remember asking him one time, he came on the post-game show, I said, why, what, you know, we're sitting there off mic, and I said, why, why would you do that? What? I said, it looks cool, but why'd you do that? And he said, that's the reason. Now, he didn't say it in those words, but it was basically because, you know, he's, he's uh, how did he, um, I'm the king of my boys or something like that. And I thought, okay, he's worried more about impressing his friends uh, from the past than he is about, you know, working his tail off to become a great defensive tackle. And that was it. That was it, man. He got paid. Never saw a day of work from him again. It was just, it was nothingness. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and give us a shout. Uh, Coming up, we're going to be talking with our guy, uh, Mike Clemens. He's going to be joining us, and uh, Mike's going to come on and talk the next couple of segments about uh, compensation and draft and all that kind of stuff uh, for uh, Aaron Rodgers and the whole saga. So we're going to talk with Mike coming up next. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends out there at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. If you're going to go out tonight and you're going to head out to, to Lake Country, going to go out into the Pewaukee area. I already talked about uh, Sunset Grill. Right up the road is Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill, which is also a terrific sports bar. Ryan just took it over, just uh, got the official paperwork, and it's his now. It's his bar. He's been running it for a long time, but now it's his. Go in and support uh, one of our longtime supporters, and that's Ryan Garner and his entire staff, and they have great food. But a terrific place to go and watch games, just relax and enjoy. That is Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Mike Clements, up next. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Friends uh, at Lux Golf, uh, reminding you that the Lux Golf Bays are open year-round. They're warm, they heat them, and they also have bar service, food service, all that kind of good stuff. So uh, check out Lux, L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. If you want to get your swing on and start preparing yourself for the 2023 golf season here in the state of uh, in the state of Wisconsin, go to Lux, L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. That's LuxGolfBays.com. Good stuff. Uh, joining us now on the hotline, our guy, Mike Clemens, is here. Michael, how you doing, pal? I'm pretty good. How are you today? I am good today, man. I'm just uh, kind of relaxing. We're just kind of waiting for the white papal smoke to come out of 1265. Well, I think you're right on um, when you've been saying, you know, there's there's these different scenarios where people have got uh, the Packers not, uh, you know, going forward with the trade until just before the kickoff <laughs> a week one. Right. Um, Hey, if there's reports of Goodell getting involved, there might be some legitimacy to that because 
I know in the past Peter King has done an excellent job of talking about the process of scheduling these games. Like a couple of years ago when Tom Brady was with the Buccaneers and the schedule came out, the, the first draft, and they saw, okay, one of the matchups is going to be Buccaneers against Patriots. Well, okay, then that's, that's the game that everybody wants to see. That's our biggest primetime game. So let's see. Let's put that about uh, four or five weeks into the, into the season. We'll make it Sunday night football on NBC with the A crew there. And Brady, you know, returns to New England and goes against the Patriots. And that's how they said it. The number two thing they said was Green Bay Packers. And that was the year where Rodgers wasn't sure if he was coming back. And and they waited through the draft weekend. They waited until May 8th before they got some hints that maybe there's a good chance that Rodgers is going to come up with. So the NFL schedules schedulers came up with a scenario where, okay, let's say Rodgers changes his mind and doesn't return to Green Bay. It's a couple of years ago. Let's let's put some of these Packer primetime games because the Packers are still going to draw. Let's put Jordan Love as the quarterback early in the season, because you know if they're if they're if they're out of it later in the year, um, then no one's going to tune in. But there'll be a big curiosity factor, so we'll put the Packers on three or four times in primetime, and that's the schedule they got. Even though Aaron Rodgers came back, the, the Packers are a huge draw for the NFL and for ratings. Now. You got Aaron Rodgers is one of their top three or four draws in the league, along with Patrick Mahomes and and other factors. Um, and they would love to get you know the Jets. The Jets will go from one to maybe three or four or five primetime games. So the NFL wants these games once this decided, so they can get on with their business of you know getting the schedules out about the time of the draft or, or a little bit after that. So, Mike, um, you know, I, I get that, but I don't think Roger Goodell would step in to say, okay, let's, you know, he's not going to mediate this deal. He's just going to say, hey, can we get it in gear then, right? Yeah, I, you know, he's, I'm just saying I can see where the league would want to sort of get this thing going and, and kick, a, kick it up a little bit. In the meantime, the Packers have not done much, you know, free agency-wise, and that's because, like we talked about last week, don't forget there's a lot of guys going – for big money, so apparently they're you know going to move on uh, at safety, uh, and so they bring in Tavarius Moore. Uh, he suffered a, a torn Achilles two years ago, I remember. And I was thinking about that preseason game that the Packers. I thought that I, that's somewhere in my notes, and I looked it up, and it's like, oh, oh yeah, he was 33, right? And so here's a play during the preseason last summer when the Packers were out in San Francisco, and Romeo Dobbs lines up about 31 yards out, and and Jordan Love hits him on a beautiful touchdown pass down the right-hand sideline. Here's how that sounded. Here they go, empty again. Two right and three left. 49ers bring pressure. Two inside backers come down the sideline. Romeo Dobbs, a touchdown. 49ers had no one in the deep middle there as they brought Oren Burks and Demetrius Flanagan fouls. And Dobbs gets behind Holman again. This time, Love does not miss. I think it was Tarverius Moore that time. You know, in certain coverages, certain routes are going to be open, and, and that's just a part of the defense. And, and you just have to live with it and, and live to play another down. Uh, you know, I just have to get out of the mindset that I have to, you know, try to stop each and every play. When uh, sometimes, you know, it's, it's certain beaters, you know, those guys across the side of the field, you know, they get paid to do the job as well, and it's, it's a lot of smart guys over there. 
You know, Mike, uh, and look, I appreciate what Jordan Love did in the couple of series that he looked really good against the Jets. He looked like he progressed and such. I do like the fact that uh, you've got Aaron Jones and Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs and some of the guys going out now to work out with him, which is something we haven't seen out of a quarterback in Green Bay for quite some time. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you meant to say the Eagles. You were talking about the Eagles when he played. Or the Eagles, yeah. And that was from the, the pregame, preseason game that they had out against the 49ers. Um, you know, again, everything I heard in Indianapolis with Gutekinst, um in terms of just improvement they saw in season with the look team, even things that Aaron Rodgers said on the McAfee show. I, you know, Jordan is is ready. I, I can tell you this. Um, I, as I've said before, in 2007, uh, the 12 was the better athlete, the better quarterback through training camp. 12 was ready to go in 2007. And, of course, Farr still had a tremendous season. His family, his family even talked about how hard he worked even after wins, and even during a 13-3 and regular season, how far was looking at that laptop, as his mom Bonita told us um, during that, quote, retirement period. Like, you know, he'd never worked harder before. And so Farr was trying his best to try and go out with a win and Super Bowl win, but, of course, he throws the pick against the Giants, and the Giants go on and upset the 18-0 and Patriots in that. Uh, Jordan Love is not where Aaron was after three years. He wasn't, you know, 12 was the better quarterback and the the, the better passer, you know, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's so much of this other stuff. I think I, I think Aaron Rodgers has, has talked himself out of a job in Green Bay in a lot of ways. But uh, at the same time, and, and here's, the, here's the point. Remember in the McAfee show, which goes an hour uh, on that Wednesday, Aaron Rodgers said, you know, I was like 90% I was going to retire. Right. And then they said, well, when did you make your decision? I, I decided last Friday, um, okay, I'm, I'm ready, and let's see if I can uh, do this thing with the Jets. And this is after he had, he had met with the Jets. Friday, that Friday he's speaking of is the same Friday where earlier in that day, Mark Murphy walked across the street and went on the statewide telecast of the girls' basketball tournament and started talking about Rodgers in the past tense. Isn't that an interesting coincidence? Right. Yep. On the same day? Right. I know. Murphy, by the way, did that annual Chamber of Commerce thing yesterday, and he got up and said, I'm not talking at all about Aaron Rodgers. The same place where he said a couple of years ago he's kind of a complicated guy. Yeah, he did not talk at all about the Aaron Rodgers situation. So uh, here's another thing. People, you know, Aaron Rodgers has lost money, man. You, you know, he's State Farm's kind of rolled him back as their spokesperson. I know that Aaron always kind of hoped with his relationship with NBC, and when he did, you know, little uh, cameo appearances on things like Park and Recreation and other shows. Remember, you know, he did uh, Jeopardy for two weeks. Yeah. Uh, I, I know that he was always kind of hoping that Warren Michaels would consider him to host Saturday Night Live. And so when I saw Travis Kelsey there doing it, you know, after winning a Super Bowl and doing a great job, it's like, you know, here's another one where Aaron Rodgers is more of the punchline in the late night shows and the SNL skits as opposed to a guest host one week. But it, when it comes to show business, here's the irony. 
I dug this up from some archives. Here's a quarterback who owned a bar in New York City and was, you know, people said that he, there was mobsters hanging out in the bar and he was womanizing everywhere. And he was in the off season. He was in, in feature films. And he was doing TV variety shows. As a matter of fact, right after this losing season uh, with the team, uh, doing he was out in L.A. on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, uh, and talking about you know, all, he's promoting all the TV shows he's going to do. Meanwhile, his coach just got fired, and this guy only won one Super Bowl. And I'm talking about another guy who wore 12, Joe Namath. Here's Joe Namath in 1976, still a Jet, still under contract with the Jets, saying, you know. I, I'd be great for me to move out here to L.A. and join the Rams. Here's Joe Namath. Uh, the Jets, of course, uh, are getting a new coach next year. Right. And it's going to be a rebuilding system. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much longer I'm going to play, maybe one, two, three, yeah. four years. But I, I can't see why they'd want me in their plans uh, to rebuild. Right. It's something that will have to sit down and talk about, but I'm definitely going to play next year as of right now. Anyway. In other words, if I was Carol Rosenblum and I came to you and I said, hey, Joe, we'll get you out of the, the contract in New York. Will you come with the Rams? I would certainly talk to him, but uh, coast, of course, Mr. Rosenblum, you know, he doesn't have good sense sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know him well. You know, he'll probably watch this tonight and you'll get the call from Carol tomorrow. There you go. Uh, let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Stoley's Hog Alley and Stoles 0109 Hog Alley out there in Summit. It's newly renovated and is beautiful with a tremendous fish fry on Friday. Stoles 0109 up there in Watertown, same thing. And it's just absolutely awesome. And the owners are great people. Stop into either place. You cannot go wrong. More of Mike Clemens when we come back. Stay tuned. we got more coming up at the Bill Michael Show right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Of the program brought to you by our friends at Dwayne's D U A N E S Dwayne's Cover It All.com. That's Dwayne's Cover It All.com, Wisconsin's best boat cover, upholstery, awning uh, guy that is in the state of Wisconsin and beyond. So if you're looking for boat covers, awnings, gym equipment, office furniture, so much more, call him 715 870 2119. 715 870 2119. Follow him at Dwayne's Cover It All.com up in Wausau, Wisconsin. Uh, getting back at it, our, guy, our good guy Mike Clements joining us uh, on the hotline. So, Mike, uh, you know this whole this this whole thing with Rogers. Uh, obviously, everybody's kind of waiting for this thing to, to happen. But in the meantime, the Jets have gone on to Alan Lazard and uh, to figure an upgrade there by some way, shape, or form. That Lazard's not only going to be a better wide receiver than what they have, but also going to be a guy that's going to be a confidant of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and with Lazard leaving, um, you know he would have been your oldest wide receiver uh, on the team. And they got another guy that nobody's heard of. It's like 25 years old. Lazard's 27. He'll be 28 next year. But he could have still been sort of some sort of veteran leadership 
for Christian Watson, for Romeo Dobbs, and for the rest of the guys that they've got on the roster right now. The Sammy Watkins thing didn't work out. Of course, they ended up releasing him uh, in December, but they felt good about where Watson was, and they got Dobbs back. Uh, So uh, I got cut one here. I wanted Lazard over the weekend talk to the Jets media about signing that deal. The four years, $44 million, $22 million guaranteed. And so he was asked what attracted him most to signing with the Jets. Knowing that Nathaniel Hackett was here was, was a big thing. Knowing that I was going to be able to stay in the same offense and more so the, the role that these guys have um, presented to me that I could be in the locker room here to be a veteran guy, to be a leader in the wide receiver room. Um, you know, I have a lot of experience, um, obviously, in primetime games, playoff games. And that's something that hasn't really happened too much here um, in recent history. So to have that experience, to have that knowledge, and to be able to kind of mentor the younger guys and to be a, a, a pillar in the locker room are a lot of things that really intrigue me about this spot and knowing the potential that we can really go the distance this year. Where were the Packers in this? Did they did they make an offer to keep you? Did they show interest in retaining you? No, not too much. I think, you know, they were in talks with my agent, um, but they didn't seem like they were going to miss me too much or anything. So um, I enjoyed my time there. And, you know, going into this last season, knowing that I wasn't getting an extension um, beforehand, and then it seemed like they wanted to retain me as well. I kind of had a, a strong inclination that it was going to be my last season then. Well, which, you know, again, I... I... People talk about losing Lazard, Mike. Lazard was a good receiver. He was a short route runner and decent blocker. You know, I mean, you can give him all the attributes, but there was nothing dynamic. You know what I mean? No, the speed wasn't there, but he's made some spectacular catches. He is a great downfield blocker. Uh, I think he runs precise routes. Uh, he's a, he, you know, he's a great locker room guy. And, and really, you know, I could see where, Watson and Dobbs emerge and that Lazard would be a great number three wide receiver on that team, kind of a possession guy over the middle. Uh, and, and so I, you know, I think that there's a loss there. He didn't, Lazard is as good of a guy as he is. And he, you know, he was in Jacksonville with Nathaniel Hackett and then he got under the practice squad and then he emerged from there and made some big plays when they needed him when Devonte Adams was out for, uh, over a month with a, a, a toe injury a couple of years ago. That's how, you know, he got onto the radar screen. But then last year he sits out. After Devontae signs or is traded to the Raiders, he sits out all the OTAs because Rodgers wasn't there and doesn't show up. And and, be, and he's also ticked off that he didn't get a contract extension then. He just got a one-year deal. So Lazard was asked, so besides the $22 million guaranteed from the New York Jets, what were some of the other main reasons you decided to leave the Packers for New York? And the Midwest, Des Moines, Iowa, you know, played in Green Bay these past few years. But personally, for me, I just want to get to a big city. I wanted to get to a spot that especially has just a melting pot of culture and just be able to get that experience. You know, the bright lights, New York City. You know, I came out here for the first time a few months ago to get the experience of the city and everything. So that was something that really attracted me to come to New York. Another huge part was the coaching component, Coach Sala and Nathaniel Hackett. Really Hackett, obviously, him and I have a previous history going back to Jacksonville. For me personally, one thing that I learned about Green Bay was that your day-to-day life is everything. You know, I mean, I had a great time, a great experience there, but... You know, if you're not going to work with the people that you love and you care about and you're not all working for the same goal, 
you know, it makes it a lot harder. Knowing Hackett and our rapport and everything, being in meetings with him, you know, that's some of the funnest times I've had with football is being with him on the field and in the meeting room. So knowing that he was going to be here, knowing Coach Sala and his history, I gained a lot of respect for him when we played him in 2019 for the, when we played him in the NC Championship game. And then we played him previously in, in the, um, the regular season as well. He was in San Francisco as a defensive coordinator. And the way that defense played, um, the way he was able to rally that group and the energy that he coached with, it was something that I very much noticed and took note to. And so knowing that he was here and seeing how these guys have played, playing them last year, and just knowing kind of him and him, obviously, Coach LaFleur have a, um, a good rapport as well. So I've heard a lot of good things about Coach Sala, and those two big things were probably the reason why I came here. Okay, I, I get it. Uh, I understand. Plus, it's a job, let's be honest. So he gets a job, he gets to stay. Uh, now, the... The, the you know, Alan Lazard side of this, Mike, we also wonder if, say, the next the domino to fall once uh, Rodgers goes there is going to be his buddies with uh, uh, Randall Cobb and obviously Mercedes Lewis and all that kind of stuff. And, Mike, you know, we don't even know if how good the Jets will be because they've lost a couple of pieces, how good they'll be with Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, but obviously they feel, I mean, they don't have a quarterback right now. and. And, you know, Rogers with the chip on his shoulder, everybody thinks that he'll be even more focused than ever before. But I think that some of the things that Lazard, who I've always found is a pretty accurate, reliable source in the locker room. I mean, he's talking so much about how good of a coach Hackett is. And, you know, Hackett when he ran into a buzzsaw in Denver. He made a lot of bad game time decisions, no question. But you know, the stuff that's come out about Russell Wilson trying to get rid of Pete Carroll and John Schneider, and now, you know, Seattle kind of saying, I told you so. I mean, Hackett could probably not have asked a, for a worse opportunity in the NFL his first year than what happened to him with the Denver Broncos. So, I, you know, Adam Stanovich has been a, a, you know, a rising offensive line coach who suddenly became an offensive coach with Matt LaFleur's head coach as a play caller. Hackett, his father was Paul Hackett, who taught Mike McCarthy, who worked for Marty Schottenheimer, who was part of the 49ers West Coast offense. You know, Hackett has, has had a football life of this stuff. And then was, you know, offensive coordinator with Bills and Jacksonville before he came to Green Bay. And so, you know, how much are the Packers missing him? You talk to Lazard about why does he prefer Nathaniel Hackett for offensive coordinator? He's the best teacher I've ever had in my life. And that, and that goes from school to football. Um, he just makes learning fun. And that's the biggest thing I feel like when it comes to, especially NFL, offense, defense, and stuff, because they're so intricate, so complicated. There's so many rules, so many things that you have to be able to improv in real life, real life time, that you need to be able to be fluent in that language. And I think he does a great job of teaching that. Um, makes it really easy. He allows you to go out there and just play fast and not think. Because of that is the reason why I've had a lot of success these past few years. Mike, how much insight getting Alan Lazard into the fold will Alan Lazard give them into Aaron Rodgers prior to Aaron Rodgers becoming a New York Jet? Oh, that's a great question. A lot, but not any more than what Nathaniel Hackett's already given them as well. You know, Robert Salah and whatever they got to answer to. Joe Douglas, GM, even Woody Johnson, the the owner, who you know got to spend six hours with Rogers at his house in Malibu. Um, you know, Bill, there are times now. I feel 
more free to speak about it, where even Rogers would talk to us after his huddle and just kind of shake his head and say, you know, I got, I got Cobb out for the next month, and now Dobbs is out, and, you know, they're putting 83 in there. He'd be talking like, why are they putting in Torre, uh, the rookie, for the next week instead of, you know, Jawan Winfrey? Why don't they elevate him from the practice squad? Rodgers is constantly making those kinds of suggestions, like he done for Lazard a couple years before that. Well, then the following week, he ends up hitting Torre over the middle for a touchdown. So, you know, there's this battle going on between Gutekinst and what he wants for the roster and, you know, what Rodgers felt in terms of guys that had some NFL experience. Lazard was asked, is he really that close to Aaron Rodgers? And, you know, you hear Lazard here saying, yeah, Aaron's kind of tough to reach in the offseason, but is he close to with Rodgers as a teammate and as a friend off the field? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, during my time with um, Aaron and Green Bay, you know, he really put his arm around me, and he's a he's a big reason why I'm here today. I can't deny that. You know, he he stood up on a table for me during training camp when I probably didn't deserve to make the roster, um, at least in the front office's eyes. And he called for me to be in the game. Um, he's relied on me in, in a lot of heavy pressure situations and has always believed in me. And so as a wide receiver, the best relationship you can have is with the quarterback. And the relationship I have with him is, has been phenomenal. And obviously there's inclination that he's coming here, but, you know, towards the end of the season, actually after the end of the season, after the last game um, in the locker room, I kind of mentioned on how, you know, I got to kind of worry about myself and take care of what is best for me. And I can't worry about other people. So me and my decision coming here was, was purely based off of that and making sure that I'm doing what's best for my career. Aaron, when it comes to the off season communication, Dwindles a little bit, um, respectively. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was a, we were able to, you know, he works out at the same place I do in Los Angeles. So we were able to kind of cross paths and just connect a little bit and share our insight on, on what we were thinking and everything. But there was no implications of trying to do this in a sense. You know, like, like I had previously said, you know, we were both trying to do what's right for the both of us. I know obviously him and his situation is a little bit different with his career and everything and where I want to take my career, the next step and stuff. So obviously standing here today, it feels, feels good knowing that 12 is going to be my quarterback again. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, uh, do a little bit more with Mike leading up to the top of the hour. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Clemens brought you by our friends at the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, and comfortable just a mile from Lambeau Field and perfect for a family stay. And the Bay Family Restaurant features home style cooking seven days a week. That's the Bay Motel on South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them today for reservations, 920-494-3441. 920-494-3441 or go online at baymotelgreenbay.com. That is Bay Motel greenbay.com mike clemens joining us on the hotline for the final few minutes here of uh, this hour of the program so mike uh when do you feel like uh this all gets done for aaron yeah the trade i i think it's got to get done for green bay before the draft because i think that's what's probably most important to brian goodikinst is getting draft picks now to fill some of these holes to get that uh, new tight end that he's looking at uh, with Robert Tunyon signing with the Bears, 
a team that he would grow up being a fan of. Uh, and I don't think that they have any any interest in bringing back Mercedes Lewis. I think Mercedes and Randall Cobb are just waiting for this thing to go down, and then to see what the if Joe Douglas is going to bring them along, along with Alan Lazard uh, in New York for for Rogers. But they need a tight end. They need help at safety. Hey, listen, you know Dean Lowry. Uh, there was there was some rumblings that, and, and then he had a calf injury in December, but there were some rumblings they may move on with from him because. They wanted to put more snaps in for Devontae Wyatt with T.J. Slayton. But they also lost Jerron Reed, too. And that was a pro, man. You know, those years he had with Seattle, he had the one year with Kansas that he, he didn't want to talk about, but I think he was not happy with the way things went with the Chiefs. But he 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 was a, a nice addition that they needed, that Kenny Clark needed. And now he's back with Seattle. He's back home in Seattle. Uh, and so that's a little bit uh, shaky. And then Dean Lowry, do you remember Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings, telling you last time you had on the show how much the Vikings coveted Dean Lowry? Yeah. Dean yep. Lowry's had great games against that Vikings offensive line and Kirk Cousins. That you know they, they sort of blame some of their losses or some of the best defensive plays on Dean Lowry. Well, now you know he's with the Vikings and a guy that you know the Packers will have to deal with. Mm-hmm. He got a nice deal, so. You know, it's, suddenly Green Bay's got a very young team and uh, and a lot of holes to fill. Mike, uh, you know, I was looking at some of the, the roster moves that the Packers have made, and I like some of the stuff they've done. I, and I understand it's got it's gotten younger, uh, but also they've extended a lot of contracts. They have uh, put off a lot of money. Uh, but it seems like they're trying to get this thing. They're going to do some drafting, obviously, but they're trying to get this thing to all culminate at the same time just like it did back when Ted Thompson took over and then Aaron Rodgers took over and they brought a lot of the young guys up and they all came up together and all of a sudden when all the cream rose to the top with a couple of pieces they filled in with, they won themselves a Super Bowl. I kind of get the sense that even though they've kicked a lot of contracts down the road, that's kind of what they're looking at right now because it's not a team that's bereft of talent by any stretch. No, but the only difference is, is like at the wide receiver position. Right. You know, where, you know, you had driver – and then, you know, you add James Jones, and then you add Jordy, and then you add Randall. Greg Jennings. Yeah, yeah, and Greg Jennings was already, would already been there for three or four years by the time you got to the Super Bowl and then the 15-1 season after that. And you don't have that now. It's Christian Watson entering mm-hmm. his second season, and anybody wants to line up behind him when they start taking those reps in the OTAs. Uh, and I don't know what their options are to bring in one more veteran off the street this year. There weren't many last year. That's why they passed on Julio Jones and and what was Sammy Watkins. That is remains to be interesting. Interesting to see what they're going to do. Adam Thielen went out to the to the Panthers, but you know he slowed down quite a bit. And they're pretty stacked at wide receiver the Vikings. But yeah, that receiver room right now is very young, with a second year offensive coordinator in Stenovich and Lafleur trying to figure this all out for for Jordan Love. Uh, real quick, Mike, do you see them going after another veteran wide receiver after the June 1st cuts? Because I would assume they would. Yeah, yeah. I, the June 1st cuts? You mean? Uh, yes. Or, or, yeah, I, I, I would hope so. I would hope that there's some still some free agent that's out there or maybe something in training camp that they would pick up, you know? They, they, mm-hmm. they, they do pick up these guys, right? Rudy Ford, they just signed him to a deal who they picked right. him up midseason just like Rasul, that might be the answer. Maybe there's a, a team out there that will be heavy, that wide receiver, and they can make a deal before the, you know, at least the trade deadline. 
Mike, great stuff as always, bud. We appreciate it. And uh, you and I will keep in touch and talk again real soon, okay? Yes, sir, Bill. Well, thank you. All right, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's our guy, Mike Clemens, on the ground, giving us come, uh, some of his perspective. Let's do this. We're going to step out for a minute or two, and we're going to come right back. Kevin Holden, CBS 58. Kevin is going to join us. That is coming up next in the Bill Michael Show. <laughs> 